What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. The I Tap That Cigar Show presented by Corona Cigar. I'm your host, Kevin Shahan, and I am coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Asset Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. I'm tired. I feel like I didn't have I didn't bring the pizzazz I normally bring on the opening. Care? I, I co-host Caribbeahante, Stogie Road Cigars. I'm more pizzazzier, maybe. Coming to you live from Greenville, South Carolina, from the Stogie Road Studios. Hey, Monday. <laughs> it's sun Monday, 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 Monday. <laughs> yeah. tractor pull. Yeah, your your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's my right, man! That's oh my it. god! I I, lo- I I used to love those commercials. Uh, Jessica, producer Jessica is joining us as well. Jessica, say hello to everybody. Hello. Hello. Everybody's everybody's just everybody's a little tired. Everybody's a little got a lot going on. Hi, Jess. So, right here. So, what are you up to, Care? What's that? How's a uh, getting ready to close on a house tomorrow? Get ready to close on a house tomorrow. Um, if all things go well, I'm going to be smoking. Um, I I I I don't want to screw that whole thing up, so I don't want to. Freaking get 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 the notes all out of order, but I'm gonna be drinking the Flor de Cana Viejo oh. five year, a little 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 rum tonight. Right on. I've, I've got I've got my rum as usual. I got my um, fancy glass. I've been told before you shouldn't drink things out of. The, I got my fancy glass tonight. Yeah, but is that, is that a rum glass for that rum? No, nah, it's a Scotch glass. Oh, okay. All right, you just messed it all up. Um, all right, so uh, it was fancy. Um, I didn't say it was appropriate. Yeah, so uh, um, everybody uh, uh, tonight you'll you'll uh, you'll you'll probably see there's a few less people viewing than normally uh, uh, is on. Uh, we we did get a seven day ban from YouTube for talking about cigars. That ban expires tomorrow night, like at 10 p.m. So our show this coming up Wednesday, which. Well, surprise, we have another show coming up this Wednesday that we haven't talked about. We'll be uh, joined by Brad Reith of Zeal Cigars. We're going to be talking uh, uh, about the FDA uh, proposal ban, proposing uh, the ban on um, um, flavored cigars. Flavored cigars. And uh, so, yeah, so we'll be talking that with uh, Brad from Zeal Cigars. Make sure you join us this Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because now we're now we're three hours on because brad in arizona mountain time doesn't change his uh his clocks back um so can't tell how many hours behind I, brad is yeah i i know you know you never can <laughs> I, I i always have to google it because i never know uh because i said he doesn't change his clocks back so uh jessica what what it is you're smoking tonight what it is 
what it is, what it is, uh, what it be, what it will be. I am um, smoking a Stogie Road cigar, and it's the Sandella. The Sandella. Yes, right here, right here. Yes. So I, I had a heart. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, well, we're gonna dig right into the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. Remember, with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter, you'll always know when to hold them and know when to smoke them. I am uh, um, smoking a 412, Veritas 412, that I got uh, from uh, uh, Jason at Ash Quarterly in this month's uh, uh, Cigar Rating Club Selection. Um, and I am at 61%, which is absolutely perfect for me. Um, have you had this cigar yet, Care? Um, actually, I use my... Cigar Medics Humidimeter. Did you? Which is fancier than yours, I think. Um, it actually has this little wristlet. So yeah, I, I have that. I have, I so I can walk too. around town with it in case. Yeah. But um, I'm at, mine was at 65%, which is, I like it, you know, around that 61 to 66%. Yeah. I'm smoking the 412 now myself. I've had it before. It's a great cigar, man. All right. I was, uh, um, uh, I had a hard time choosing between uh, the 412. I have the Torch. <laughs> And then I have, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this one. This is called the Faded. We may we may talk about that one later on. Um, Torch is and, a great uh, cigar too. So yeah, it looks I, uh, uh, it look it looks good. It looks it sounds scary though with that name, it's especially not. being a Connecticut. You're it's, like uh, you know, it, it is you know, definitely not an average Connecticut. It's got some great spice to it, but it's it's nothing that is scary. It's really it's a fantastic cigar. Thank you for using just saying not your average Connecticut, not like no, that. Gets, not, that's freaking not that, that term. Your grandfather Connecticut. Yeah, it's your creepy uncle in the. It's not your creepy uncle living in the attics. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle uh, creepy touchy. Um, that's not his uh, <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> hey Kev, I bet you can't bend over and touch your toes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy off of a Family Guy, and the uh, the the the, 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 the creepy old guy that whistles when he talks. Oh my God, you have got to learn to do that impression. Oh, sweet, yeah, I know that that is absolutely fantastic. All right, so oh, what else we got going on? Uh, any uh, any other news? Just trying to think of what um. No man, just uh, no, just uh. You know the 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 YouTube thing is you know sucks. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be lifted soon, and yeah, uh, we'll get back to to normal at least for the time being. And uh, you know, looking forward to chat with Chris, and 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 also it's been a while since I've seen Brad, so it'll be good to see Brad on. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. I try and talk with him uh, about once a week for about an hour or so, just to get caught up on just about our lives. You know, nothing about uh, and, and you know it's. It's not always about cigars. It's like when you and I talk. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not always about cigars, just no. about, you know, family and kids and wives and fiancés and and wives and fiancés. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just we just sit around telling lies. You know, that's uh, Jessica's listening. Yeah, we just embellish. So, just all right. Talk about how great they are. They do, we do. Um Brad tries to Talk about how his wife uh, works for the largest tire company in the country, and I have to politely tell him every time, "No, she doesn't. She works for the second largest. I work for the largest." But um, <laughs> whatever. That's a uh, yeah. All right. Well, before we bring on our guest tonight, we want to take a moment to thank all of our show partners: J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, and Mandola Cigars. We are the muscle. 
Excelsior Tobacco, makers of the Doña Lydia, GTO Cigars, those who know, smoke GTO, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate, and Experience Acid. All right, so waiting patiently at, uh, in the Experience Acid green room is Chris Weber of Veritas Cigars. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for guys for having me. Appreciate it. So, up, Chris? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, here we are in sunny, well, kind of sunny, Rotan, Honduras, here on a dive trip, but uh, I can still enjoy and imbibe. I just can't drink today because I don't want to be hungover tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to be, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's Underwater, a pressure in the ears, hungover, you know. Yeah, that's, that's just a horror, <laughs> that's just, that's just a horror movie, uh. you know, you know, I, I don't, you're in Honduras anyways, like I said, diving, I've seen those movies. There's a good chance, not a good chance, but a, a chance you're not coming back alive. Um, that's uh, I, I don't. I'd I'm just be sober for my end. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, just I'm just a pregnant. And that's Ke- so, that's Kevin, yeah. your tour guide. I, I just yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. That's that's to me the tour guide. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a you count now. Okay, there's 13 of us. Pretty good chance two people's not coming back. So uh, buddy system, people. Buddy system. Um, <laughs> So, Chris, I want to start off with asking you and Care a question. I don't know if Care, if this was on your list. I may may have added it at the end. Like, it was at, it was like my second or third to last question, but I I think I'm going to ask it first, um, only because of the uh, the fucking day that that I had. Um, Do you guys ever wonder, like, how you, like, how you even got to where you're at? All of us. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm having a delete, like, going through hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos, you know, just getting rid of links and getting rid of keywords that YouTube hates. And I, and I'm going through and I'm, I'm like looking at a couple of them and I'm like, God, I was fucking horrible. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then now, I mean, the three of us, I mean, semi kind of known in the cigar world. I don't know. I'm going to call the three of us famous, but um, you, you guys ever just look, we'll start with Chris. Like, like you just look around, you're in Honduras, and it's like, the fuck did I get here? <laughs> now, it, it's it's ironic that you're asking this question only because I've been rather introspective over the past couple, two to three years. Um, where, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, fly by the seat of our pants. Um, I probably didn't have the best persona. I had more of a, a I was known more for being a party kid that doesn't give a shit um, and uh, didn't even realize that that's really what I was doing. I had passion all along, but it just uh, wasn't professionally displaying that. Uh, that coupled with, you know, there's been mistakes along the way. No road is perfect and no road is 100% without any sort of obstruction along the way. Uh, we've done a good job of navigating it. We've been blessed that the ex- uh, mistakes that we've made haven't been expensive mistakes. I mean, uh, not don't get me wrong, they, they cost money to address and, and, and correct, but um, we haven't made any large-scale, real expensive mistakes. And one thing that we've kept along the way that I think is testament to why we're still here, at least for myself and definitely for the company and everybody that's been along the ride along the way is... Um, we've always focused on slow, sustainable growth. Um, 
I don't want to rush to be too big too quickly. Companies in several, I mean, in every industry, you see the, the flash in the pans and it's not necessarily because they don't have a good product. It's that growth takes excess capital. So, um, and we want to make sure that when we're doing something, we're making sure that it's ready to commit to the market rather than just, oh, I have idea one, two, three, four, five, and let's just get that out there next month. Um, so uh, that's why we've been here. We've really reined ourselves in with making sure that we don't overly inundate our, our retail partners with new product too quickly or too abundantly when they're, even if they're just coming on board and getting used to core line products and, and our three blends, which wouldn't be considered core line. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a part of it as well. I mean, I have ideas in, in, in this head not an attractive one, but many ideas. And I have a blend book that that's large, probably larger than I would ever release. But that's just because I'm a tinkerer. And it's all been from from the beginning, from our first trip to Nicaragua as a company with my uh, original partner, Dave Larison. I, once I got there, I realized I want to be involved more on this back end side because that's where I really like. I really enjoy and fell into tinkering with different tobaccos, different blends. I'm not the best. I don't claim to be. I never will be, but I like to believe I'm good at what I do. I, I, I'm saying with you, Care knows. Care's a tinkerer as well. How many care? How many times do we talk about, you know, if, if, if Care and I had uh, unlimited resources, between the two of us, we'd have 800 different cigars on the market right now. It's, uh, but uh, we're always talking about like some some of it's brilliant, and then like some of it's brilliant, but like it's fucking dumb. But care, do you ever sit back sometimes? Like it's like you you look around, you know, like I look around here, and it's like, like how you know how 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 did how did I get here? Yeah, I mean, I think as Chris said, you know, everybody's always you know you got you have to be introspective. Some fucking people aren't, um, but I, you know what. Um, I've 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 learned to uh, um, to really focus on the now and the future, and kind of go through life as, and 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 pick up the lessons learned along the way. Um, and yeah, there's times where I sit back and like, you know, how did I get here? But I realized I got here making the best decisions I can make with the information I had, and always staying true. And 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 really you know, we've been throwing curveballs. you know, I know us personally for the last couple of years. And, um, I was talking to Jennifer about it the other night and I said, you know, look at where we are, look at where we've been, th what we've been through and we dealt with, with, you know, just some really vile shit. And I said, you know, we never, you never give up, you never, you know, lose, lose focus of, on the future. Um, and always tell the truth. Always just be yourself and be honest. And you'll always end up at least somewhere on the bright side. It may be a sliver, you know, <laughs> it just may be touching your ear. But I mean, you know, that's that's just kind of the way we've been moving forward with it. We And, and you know, for us, we've been really blessed to have some great stable friendships and relationships with you and Jess. Uh, meeting Chris and, and working with Chris over the last couple of years has been a breath of fresh air. Um, and, and, um, and, and a number of other friends, Daryl, um, and just folks who are always going to be those, those anchors. And I think you need those anchors in your life 
uh, to keep you going. Now, now, would you guys agree? Because I, I you know, at, at least once a month, someone will, will, will you know, will, will bring up something like, how did you get this done? And, or how did you get big on this platform? And sometimes I tell them, I said, sometimes it just takes some dumb luck. It's just being in the right place or the just running into the right person. And it's like, you know, you, you know, you weren't a dick that day. Like I wasn't a dick to somebody that bumped into me and that started something. Would you guys agree that sometimes it's just blind luck? I would say at least from my perspective, thousand percent. I mean, a perfect example for us, I, I will never denigrate anybody in this industry because I, I try not to be that type of person, but we were having some problems with our the first factory that we worked with. I won't say who they are for the aforementioned reason, but it was just by happenstance that I, I um, quality importers was releasing the cult cigar. I happened to go into that booth at the Orlando IPCPR, now PCA, formerly RTDA. And, um, you know, whatever they want to call themselves today and tomorrow, I don't know. Um, I met Carlos Sanchez and he was the first person to say, you know what, come on down. Even if you don't use my factory, I'll show you everything I know. Carlos has been a mentor even to this day, even when I left his factory, um, to work with James, uh, Roberto Veja Negra for that, uh, for that short stint uh, and learned a lot even over there. Um, if I never bump into Carlos that day, I don't know where we would be, or even if we would still be here. Carlos uh, took me under his wing and showed me a lot, shared a lot, and continues to do so. And that was just because somebody happened to say, hey, have you tried this cult on Matepe? And I tried it. I was like, dude, is the guy here? Yeah, he's over there. Um, and the conversation and the friendship uh, blossomed that still to this day. I thank, I thank my stars. Yeah, luck plays a large part of it, mm -hmm. and it's, you know... Like you said, you could be in a bad mood and the situation can go one way and you never know where you would, uh, what path you'd be walking down if you allowed your emotions to take over at that time. You know, it's funny you mentioned, uh, um, uh, so I, I can't tell a story for, for legal purposes, but bumping into someone at a quality importer's booth, you know, is a, is, is a reason that sent me in a, in a certain direction that becomes successful. So everybody start hanging out at quality importers <laughs> and just waiting for things to happen. But, uh, but care. So some, some good, dumb, blind luck. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's, I think you set yourself up for luck as well. You put yourself in the right positions, but you know what, man, that pendulum swings the other way too. You could be doing all the right things, being a good person and just doing everything you can do and bad luck can hit you just as well as good luck can hit you. Um, and it's not what it's, it's, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle it. And that's really the key. And that's the same with success too. There's a lot of people who yeah. can't handle success and good luck, you know, it goes to their head and they start freaking, you know, they get a little too big for their britches or they say down here, they start walking around waist deep in cotton. Um, <laughs> sorry to say that with a Southern accent. Um, but, um, I think that, you know, you could do all the right things. You could be honest, you could be hard working. You could do all, everything right. And sometimes, man, just shitty luck just freaking hits you. And then you just got to learn how to rebound from it. That's why staying focused is so important and always, you know, not letting that stuff sway you either way, good luck or bad luck. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's, it, it could happen like that. Yeah. 
So, Chris, um, uh, uh, we talked before the show briefly. Uh, um, uh, we had met for the first time. It was about it was a year and a month ago on on Care Show. Uh, yeah. And, uh, um, uh, a couple things that have changed for you since then. Uh, before we go into your backstory and everything else, you were living in Nicaragua, but now you live in Hawaii. And yeah. and then and then you were and then you were opening a bar, but I haven't really seen like how that's going. So why the move? How's the bar going? Well. I was always living in Hawaii. Um, oh, okay. Just at the time that, not always, I'd moved out there five, five and a half, five years ago. Um, at the time I was in Nicaragua uh, was when we were expanding from the factory level, moving from, we, we've had three factories so far. The, the, the original one in 2018. Um, and then uh, where we moved to, which was right off the Pan American Highway across the street from American Caribbean. And then we just uh, had some growth and, but didn't necessarily need to facilitate the move, but the appropriate building came up at the appropriate time. I'm the, I'm a firm believer that if, if, if a space comes available, whether it be a house, whether it be land or whether it be a building, um, I don't think opportunity strikes twice for something that just feels perfect yeah. for you. So even if it's um, disadvantaged, I mean, if it's not to your advantage financially, but you can still swing it, we did. Okay. And a lot of things that are in the works right now, I'm glad I did that because the space where we're at right now, I'm happy with it. We can grow into it. Um, we could possibly even surpass the space that. That it currently has, but there's a building next door. The landlord owns the same building. So uh, I was down in Nicaragua for a while, and part of it was just help COVID. And for to get out of Nicaragua at the time, I still believe to this day, you still have to get that COVID test. There's only one place in the entire country that gives that test. It's <laughs> yeah. the Minsa office in Managua. And if you're familiar, even from a you know quasi familiar with the geography of Nicaragua, that could be a two and a half hour drive from Esteli to Managua. It could be a seven hour drive. I mean, that Pan American's unpredictable. So it just got uh, me tired of just saying, you know what, fuck it, I'll try next month. (laughs) You know, and just saying that six more times. And I was down there for just under a year. Um, I still have my place down there. I enjoy Nicaragua when I first toured Nicaragua with Carlos uh, when he invited us down. Fell in love with the country. Simple country. You don't expect any of the creature comforts that we take for granted in the United States, like, you know, 24-hour McDonald's or even a lot of McDonald's at all. I think there's only three in the country. Um, But there's a lot more to the beauty that is Nicaragua that uh, that is exterior to any of those creature comforts that we're used to. not a place I would probably live full time. Um, as for the bar, anything in Hawaii is slow. Um, I used to think Nicaragua was slow. Um, it's uh, we've finally come to terms with uh, with the landlord. We switched locations to a bigger location again. Something came available, and the previous landlord wanted to turn it into a uh, charcoal pit style thing. I think only Care would get the reference of charcoal pit. <laughs> uh, little, little Delaware reference right there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And uh, so uh, a new space came available, m- larger, and the landlord was willing to put um, uh, backing behind it in addition to ours. Uh, it makes better sense for us that so we can actually stretch our legs. Uh, the old place we could probably fit sixteen people inside, twelve feet, or sixteen people outside. Now we can easily fit a hundred people total between inside and out. Oh wow! 
Um, but DPP, uh, Department of Planning in Hawaii, is old school mafioso Hawaii. <laughs> so it's like um, just being from the mainland isn't is already a negative thing. I don't mean it in a, in a derogatory way. It's just Hawaii moves at its own pace, and that pace is not in line with the rest of the world. <laughs> so um, we are we're, we're darn close to uh, you know I'm not just starting but finalizing construction that uh, will. We'll be on point. Definitely have to have you guys out if you guys ever come out. Drinks are on us, so that's still coming. I, I would hope so. It's going to cost two thousand dollars to get out there, and and it's going to take two days worth of traveling. And I was surprised to see there's five hundred forty dollar round trip tickets from the Eastern Seaboard. Get I've out never of here. seen that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm paying more now to fly to fly to Connecticut. You know, not oh you know. Wow. I'd have to be like Mr. T though. They'd have to knock me out like to take that flight to Hawaii. That's a that's a long how 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 long of a flight? Because I know you have a layover. When you come out to like North Carolina or you were just recently in Florida, like how long Correct. That, what, what was the flight on that? So yeah, it depends. I was I stopped from Hawaii. I rode with our broker up in the Pacific Northwest, Ed Ryan. So I was in oh, okay. um, Oregon, Washington, then moved to the mid-Atlantic. So having lived in Delaware and gone there every year of for 20 years of my 28 years of my life um if you were flying out of like the philly market out of uh either philly or newark about 18 to 20 hours with a layover but if you're flying delta i believe delta still has non-stop from atlanta to honolulu and that's i mean it's non-stop no layover but 14 hours 12 hours in the in the air so I don't, it, it pushes I, I don't, and yeah, tests your limits of yeah. sanity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do that. You know, for 12 to did it once. Hours. I can tell you, we hated it so much, we never did it again. So uh, that's like a that long layover. time in a plane. That, that is because I said in a plane, and now you can't even leave your seats. Forget yeah, I know. No. I mean, you 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 could literally get an entire night's sleep in, and then you still have you know seven hours to do nothing, <laughs> read a fucking book, watch four fucking movies. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I love those I think layovers. We, I think we flew to California, and it was uh, I think like five hours, maybe four hours. And um, after like the third hour, it's like I you start getting that. I'm like thirty thousand feet in the air in a in an aluminum cylinder. Like yeah. it finally hits you, and that's <laughs> that's if you you're like what the what the hell? At twelve hours, fourteen hours, I would probably need someone just to just listen just. Inject me, wake me up when we get there. It'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I like the layover in Cali. Uh, Cal sounds so bougie when people say Cali. <laughs> Cali. I'm just, I'm, I know, Cali. Ca I just sounds bougie. I don't know. Um, I, guess, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, because in my head, I read it like a like a valley girl type, you know. Uh, I, I like the layover in Cali. It's, it's, yeah. Lacks airport. It's huge. Yeah. So, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna go all the way back up now. So you know, because a couple people in, uh, chimed in, in in the chat panel, uh, they can't wait to hear your story. Um, you had uh, mentioned uh, you're from Delaware, Hawkinson, Delaware, to be more precise. And uh, it was actually a uh, wow. You hammered that name. Yeah. yeah did I Hawkinson? <laughs> I, I I did. I did. Hawkinson. I did the Google Translate, and they said Hawkinson. So it's Hawkinson. Did it go? Did it sound like this? Hawkinson, yeah, Hawkinson, yeah, yeah, kind of sound a little bit like that. So, um, so an area that I looked up, uh, uh which was in the uh, up until the 50s, was known for its uh, uh tobacco. 
So when you were growing up there, I don't know how, I mean, chewing tobacco um, uh, and some cigar tobacco, um, when you were growing up, was there still a, by the look on your face, I'm saying there was no tobacco <laughs> back in the, left. Back in the 50s. Chris, when you're growing up, yeah, yeah I just, yeah. I just very figured was it, it wasn't of my mother's mother's imagination. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, was, was there any reference to the tobacco industry left at all? Absolutely not. We still had agriculture, um, more corn than anything else. Delaware was known for growing sweet corn, like mm. Jersey sweet corn. Um, but when I was as far back as I can remember, I can even just still remember the developments around mine. And I know Karen and I have had some back and forth conversations because he's familiar with uh, the area I grew up in. And, and um, even then, yeah, corn was just about always sold right across the border in Kennett Square. You can always smell the mushroom farms. Um, and Kennett was like the mushroom, still is the mushroom capital of the world. Um <laughs> But outside of that, yeah, not not much. Uh, there was chicken farms in the southern port of Delaware, or chicken farms, or hatcheries. But I don't know what they called it. But chicken farms to me, uh, yeah. that was more like around the Dover, um, Selbyville uh, area. But uh, no, I, I'm surprised to hear that. That was the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and, I've been and, there and, for many years. Yeah. In a fairly small town, I think at the last uh, 2021 census, they only had like 13,000 uh, residents in the census. Uh, what was like growing up uh, in, a, in a small, so I, I just boggles my mind, like a small town like that. Like what did, what was life like for you? It wasn't that big when I was growing there. I can tell you that right now. Um, I would say, yeah. So I, growing up, there's a lot of development. Most of the development that you're talking about now with that, that grew to that populace and that population was developing when I was growing up. Um, Delaware is known for, to most people, it's just known as the land of DuPont, banks, and no sales yeah. tax. Um, <laughs> so if you're not in chemical engineering or finance, you're you're out of place in the state of Delaware, uh, for the most part, until you get like to the mid, mid state uh, and then and farther south. But uh, Northern Delaware is where most of the population is. So for me, um, God, I don't know. I, it's a weird place to grow up because Philly's 45 minutes away, so it never really felt small. Baltimore is yeah, two okay. hours away. New York's two hours by train. So for me, it just never felt small because I could always go places. Not as a child, though we did travel a lot as a kid, but especially in my teen years and when I was in my college years. Even then, it's just I could go anywhere and be in major populaces. So it always just kind of felt as a suburb of Philadelphia. Okay, I mean that, that that makes sense. You know, it's like it's like living around Tampa. They got some really tiny towns, but when you can be in Tampa in forty minutes, right? You know, it's it's not I mean, like. Yeah, but I think he's he's saying on a bigger scale. I mean, because I grew up in New Jersey. I mean, we, we got to go and do some of the coolest stuff that, like, I think Southern states don't get to. I mean, Washington right. is right there. New York City. I mean, like in massachusetts like i got to do some really cool trips as like a kid with school you know right. things were never that far you know like philly like you're just so close to so many cool things so i think it's just i think he needs yeah. it on a bigger scale than yeah uh, it's it's, it's, it's yeah it, it, it's definitely different you know I, I mean i i didn't have a childhood growing up traveling to all these big cities yeah. we just lived on the beach you know venice beach florida you know, so I mean, yeah, that's just, I mean, too. you know, I, I, I know, but I mean, but we were, you know, God, as, as far back, I, 
nine, 10 years old, 11, you know, we'd just ride our bikes to the beach every day. You'd spend 10, 12 hours and then come home sunburnt, you know, have dinner, go to bed, wake up and do it again, you know, every day in the summer. So we had beaches too, though Jersey had significantly more shoreline than Delaware did. But for me, it was when, I, especially when I got my driver's permit and my parents had the beach house down in Fenwick Island. So every summer I'm down there. <laughs> Karen and I were talking about this earlier this week. I, he worked at a, as a bouncer at a particular bar. I worked at Candy Kitchen for free candy and ice cream. <laughs> um, and uh, if it wasn't that, it was the Seaside Country Store. Um, but yeah, I guess it's weird when people ask me that whenever I hear other people's explanations of their hometowns. It just felt like home. Um, to yeah. this day, even though I'm, I'm now living 6,300 miles away from Delaware and Hawaii, it's Delaware is my home. So it's, I've never known it as anything other than that. Yeah. And, and care, I know he speaks the same way, you know, of, of, of his childhood home and, you know, places he's lived, you know, it's, it's, you know, I lived in Delaware for five years. I mean, I went to yep. school, I went to school in Dover and, and, uh, uh, lived down at the, uh, down in, uh, um, Dewey beach, spent a summer doing that. So, um, like you said, there's always places you go to. And whenever I would go back and visit, uh, Delaware, it's like, as soon as you see that line, it, it does, it always kind of had that home feel because you live there for, you know, a good block of your life. Um, I still have lots of friends that are back in that area as well. So Chris Walmer said Slaughter Beach, Delaware. I don't know. Is that a, oh, jeez. Is, 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 is that a real name or is that a name? Of, yeah, that is one. a real name. Is uh, it? Yeah. 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 That was that was um, definitely so, before yeah, uh, TripAdvisor. <laughs> and then what's north of Fenwick would be Rehoboth. Dewey. And Dewey. Not, um, no, Bethany. Bethany, Bethany would be Bethany, north yeah. of Fenwick. And yep. then uh, you get in the Dewey, then Rehoboth. And then you get – it's it's a beach, but it's more on that inlet. So – those four of the four aforementioned beaches would be actual shoreline to the Atlantic ocean. The other ones kind of trip up toward and then past Lewis you're up mm -hmm. in more the Chesapeake Bay area yeah. or th that Bay area. And then, yeah, but there is a slaughter beach and I always drove by it as a kid and like, what the fuck's going on over there? Like, yeah, what do they yeah. do there? Yeah, that's a horrible, horrible name, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's Jason's beach when he's not at the, uh, yeah. Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so was, was it, uh, one of these beaches, where did, where did the, the love for cigars come from for those that, that may not know? Well, the oddest, yeah. So much to my father's chagrin, like we uh, we had a very close knit church community for the for the parish that we were members of, um, and within Resurrection, a lot of my father's friends would always smoke cigars whenever we would get together and barbecue. Um, and this is when I was a kid. So, but where I really got into smoking them was a roommate of mine in high school, because um, I went to a boarding school. Uh, in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and Rob Caden got me into cigars. Um, he lived up in Dayton, and his father had a connection in Toronto for Cubans, which at the time seemed cool to me. So I remember you know, <laughs> spending a week's worth of allowance on a box of Cubans, bringing it home for Christmas. Um, but uh, and, and that's where I started smoking. I was on the golf team, and we chose the golf team because we could get off campus because we had no smoking on campus once our headmaster stopped smoking cigarettes and cigars himself so nobody else could um so it started there and i didn't really know what i was doing i mean what the hell do you know when you're 16 17 18 about fucking cigars right so 
um, at least for me. Um, but uh, when I got into cigars at the time, right prior, I was working in the underwriting department for uh, residential mortgage products for ING Direct and my bank, ING, got bought out by Capital One. And I had probably not been aware in my onboarding paperwork, I'd probably signed my name, but I signed a non-compete agreement. And when I started interviewing for other jobs, as I said, in Delaware, all you had was finance and chemical engineering in Northern Delaware. That's most of what everybody does. Um, somebody uh, over at Wisfus Bank took took uh, pity on me and finally said, we'd love to hire you. you. You have the experience that we need, but we can't hire you. And I'm like, why? And they're like, are you aware that you have a non-compete agreement? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Um, Capital One had, uh, when they purchased ING, I think what they wanted is the direct bank business model. So they got rid of 70% of their employees. And to my knowledge, we're just reallocating their employees out of Richmond to all of our call centers. Um, and uh, there you go. So um, I'm stuck in this world of do I need to move out of state at the time. Um, at the time I was married to my ex-wife and my son was, she was pregnant with my son. And so I had some money saved up and my father decided, you know, he'd help me out, and back me if I tried, decided to do something self-employment wise. I'm young, I could take the risk. And we were deciding either brewing beer or cigars. And anybody who knows anything about craft beer, everybody says it starts with dogfish head. So being the other craft brewery in such a small state, with such large capital investment in equipment it seemed less and less appealing the more that I was fleshing out a business plan for it. So uh, I said I wanted to be involved with something that we could not just market, but we could cultivate, go to product development, and ultimately bring it to market. So that's why we chose beer and cigars, and cigars just seemed like a safer bet. I'm not sure if I would call it safer, you know, 10 years later. It definitely <laughs> had its ups and downs, <laughs> trials and tribulations. And little did we know at the time that the, we'd be fighting a three-letter government agency for the rest of our foreseeable future. You, you could be a, um, self, a seltzer king right now and not in... <laughs> that would be, yeah, I might have invented seltzer. Maybe partnered with... Who the hell knows? But, you yeah, know, the road that, less traveled is that, often the it. one we, so, so, we so you, pontificate so you, on. So you started with your uh, uh, with a partner, uh, David Larison. You you'd mentioned him earlier. How did uh, how did you meet David? How did uh, was it a childhood friend? How did he come into the picture? Actually, so I met Dave through the original third partner, who turned out to be not somebody I wanted to be doing business with. Again, I don't like to denigrate. I won't name names, but um, those in the Delaware cigar cigar community would probably be pretty familiar with him. And it was through him that he he brought in Dave. Um, and what Dave's experience was, because Dave was pretty high up in the, back in the day with 7-Eleven, running just about everything east of the Mississippi for them. Um, so he was understanding of retail infrastructure, product placement, and, and layouts for stores. And I learned a lot through him, one of which is the science that goes behind why Coke wants to be where it is, why Pepsi wants to be here, why is Tasty Cake always at the end of the aisle? Um so he brought a lot of at least the uh, research knowledge to the back end. And Dave and I, to this day, I mean, even though Dave, Dave's higher in years than me, um, at the time he just wanted to just, uh, he wanted to just enjoy retirement. So, you know, I, I took over the remaining shares that he held for the business. And even to this day, we still go back and forth with, um, 
uh, ideas. How should this be? What do you think about this? What, what about this name? How about wait, placement of logos on boxes and stuff like that? He's got a lot of knowledge that people don't really think about this stuff when they see a final product. No one thinks about why is the C in Coca-Cola look like this? Or yeah, he, he, I, I, I fall back on him for a lot of advice. So that's how I met him. And thank God I did again. It's if I never in, in got involved with the previous person in this business, I don't meet a person like that. So it just yeah. goes back to that luck, just bumping into somebody in this case, cultivating a lifelong friendship at this point. Yeah. You know, see, I, I'm, I'm a logo guy. I look at every single logo and I, and I, and I try and break it down. Why exactly did they do what they, and then I'll see a logo and I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. And it's like people like, like driving by a billboard. And I just want to yell at people. Will you please stop and look, let me tell you how brilliant that that is. Like, like Jessica, we, we were watching a, a YouTube video someone sent me, and a couple people didn't like it. Like, ah, the guy, you know, I don't like that video. And like to Jessica, I broke down this video, and I'm like, let me tell you why this video is better than any video I've made so far. You know, and it was just be able to break it down and see that. So it's 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 awesome having that feedback of someone, you know, with you because you know how much it costs to hire those companies. <laughs> <laughs> and we've done most of it in-house for that reason it's not it's not a cheap endeavor in fact i mean i met somebody else in the same realm of friends i met through larison and uh and what he was was the executive vp of marketing for dupont and he told me what dupont hired psychologists and all these other people when they were in the fishing line business just yeah. figuring out okay this the they, they would take this Basically the same thing you the machine you'd look at in with if your um eye doctor uh, yeah. test your sight, but they'd put a, an ad up and they'd watch how where the eye went on the ad and how long and how many seconds it stayed on what and then you know the science behind marketing. Holy crap, it's more than just an overpriced college degree. <laughs> you know, there's actual there's depth to it. Um yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm a firm believer uh, in focus groups. I love focus grouping different things, you know, having several sets of focus groups. I'm big on big on that. And, you know, it just sometimes it's overwhelming because sometimes you can wind up with 30 people that don't have any fucking clue you know, what, what, what they're doing. So, <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> but, 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 but that, that's it. So, so you, so you, you got your partner there, you got your dad's blessing, a little bit of money. Then what? Like you're like, all right, we're in. We, we don't have any tobacco in Focus in Delaware. Uh, where do where do you go? So uh, the original partner, uh, the third guy, um, he uh, he contacted the company and they they made cigars, sent ones up, and did it. I hear this story painfully many many times amongst many different brands, and it's not really where brands have an understanding of the product until they actually see it be made. And that was just that happenstance meeting with uh, Carlos down in uh, Orlando at the IPCPR. And it was going down there where we really, we didn't invest so much upfront in the beginning. Not that it wasn't a significant amount of money. I don't mean to downplay it, but it wasn't until we really understood the nuts and bolts of why this cigar? Why does it taste this way? What happens if I put this wrapper over here and mix it, mix it with this binder and this and this filler? And at that point, you feel comfortable incrementally investing more and more and more. Um, that was the eye-opening experience for us. And um, 
falling in love with that side. So it's more on that product development side that we didn't have understanding of until that point. I would say that was probably two years later. So let's call that 2013, uh, wherein we made that trip. Um, and from there, it was, yeah, I just, I, I, we were down there for a week. I told Carlos, I'd like to come back when you're down here again. And I stayed there for a significant period of time. And just, I just tried to be a sponge, sucking up as much stuff about as many things as I could get and just building my, my, my knowledge base on many different things down to boxes and hinges and paints available and, and, and screen printing. I never thought I would ever know anything about screen printing until <laughs> I started learning about the limitations of how many colors you can use and why you might want to use this process for this. Why is this a sticker, you know, and uh, learning about the, the, the packaging side and just over time, just really finding as much as I could possibly know so that eventually we could be as vertically integrated as we wanted to be by having our own facility. It was on that first trip um, to Esteli where I said, I would like to do this. And the interesting part about Esteli is like all these ornate buildings, these large manufacturers obviously have millions of dollars of in, in, invested in their infrastructure, but you don't have to be that deep in your financial investment to do it well. Um, my factory is a small factory. It's not well known. It maybe one day will be, and with time, it's uh, that that's that's growing with the amounts of customers we're bringing in. So all that shows me is that at least I'm on the right path, right yeah. now. <laughs> so so you talked about Carlos Sanchez, and then um, uh, then you you went to work with you know he got you with James and Angela. How how did like how did that first meeting go and were they, were they they were living down there full time at that time? I didn't. I never knew too much about their personal life, but to my knowledge, yes, that they were. Um, and how I met James was I just reached out on Facebook one day because um, they had a lot of heat on them at that point in a positive way, and they still do to this day. I mean, even at our uh, our cigar bar in Hawaii, we're going to be carrying the entire line of everything that we can get our hands on um, with, uh, for for the bar. Um, and, uh, I just said, Hey, I'd like to try a little bit more aggressive blend profiles. And I'd like to, cause I fell in love with everything that they made. I mean, everything they made hits my palate perfectly down, down even to the porcelain, um, is one of my favorite Connecticut's out there. So I just wanted to learn how to blend non-Cuban to put it very simply. A lot of the, um, people that have been in the industry for a while, not all, but some I found have that more Cuban-esque approach um, to blending. And we wanted to, to be a little bit more aggressive, having a harsher burn, harsher, I, mean, I don't mean harsh in a bad way, but having that pepper that is the tantamount to boutique, in my opinion, at this point. And James opened my eyes to using the same tobaccos that Carlos was using and just finding different ways to use them. Um, so I, I mean, for the short period of time that we were with them, uh, I thank them even to this day for everything I learned in that period of time. And again, I approached it as a sponge trying to suck up as much knowledge as I could. So, so at that point of working, uh, um, you decided to switch over to, to um, to, uh, Oveja Negra, uh, were you, were you producing, you had cigars on the market or were you kind of like care at one point you're switching factories, you didn't have cigars you had, oh, we had stock at that point. Oh, I'm just okay. going to put a light on, so I'm just going to walk for a second. We had inventory in 
um, in the US uh, that we were still selling. So uh, it wasn't a pause, if you would. Uh, so um, I had enough where I figured, I tried my best to calculate how much I would need within this transition period. Because um, it wasn't just, hey, we need inventory, it was let's, let's get the appropriate blend and then produce it. And then it has to age, then it has to ship, you know? So I was trying to account for that period of time to not um, stop. Um, or, or, or as I said, press pause. So it was uh, a lot of more numbers work <laughs> just be comfortable with for, for inventory level purposes. Um, but I will say, I've said this before, um, I figured I needed a week down there with James. I had it within half a day. I knew he, he, he understands where I'm trying to grow into because um, he had to do it for himself. Um, and, uh, it was a pretty quick transition for us. So, so I, I, I so from that point, you know, cause right now, so the, uh, some people may not know the factory that you have now is the original Oveja Negra factory, you know, that they ran. Oh, correct? no. Yeah. Or that no? Was the original one. Yeah. When they moved to their new facility, their, their larger facility, I yeah. walked into that building and I saw it was, I was I was getting tacos one day and uh, got deathly ill because I ate street tacos and I have a very sensitive digestive system. And I was like, oh shit, that building's for rent. That's their old place. And it was, and I had seen it with their setup. So it didn't take a lot of vision on my point to figure out, okay, where are we going to put production? Where's this going to go? Where's this? So it's like kind of duplicating that. Um, and then ultimately we just moved to our own facility, which is the, the second iteration of Nuevo Nica. And then we outgrew that and we're and we are where we are currently. Um, there was no I've been asked is like, did they know they were gonna leave and turn it over to you? No, not at all. You know, um never asked for that uh, ability either. I tried to be humble in what I request of the people that I work with, so I don't feel like I'm asking too much and giving too little. Um the um sounds like that was uh, the first building that had an available toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it took a little bit of time for that illness to set in. I was dying. Um, but, uh, yeah, as a, yeah. So, I mean, it just fell ass backwards into that facility, uh, started building it out, painting the outside, buying all of our equipment. And, um, you know, before you knew it, we moved on to a different location. I mean, it had its shortcomings, and I will give them credit where credit's due. It was a two-story building, and where their production was, you had to go up a spiral staircase to go up and down. So just from rolling the cigars, producing them to get them to the aging room, you had to go to the spiral staircase, which was outside in this hallway and then down to the aging room. It's not convenient really, but they made it work. Um, and when a one level building became available, we just took it. Yeah. Just I mean, there, there's, there's an easier a walk. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason they moved, you know, yeah. so that, 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 that was it. So how long were you in that building? Oh God, you're asking questions. I never thought I'd have to answer. I, I've never put much thought into that. I would say, let's call it a year and a half, two years. Don't quote me on that. Because uh, you've been in Nicaragua too long. And like I said, no, everybody lose tracks of time. Like nobody has any con. Every time I talk, they're like, I don't know, six months, two years. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. It, it, it's that, that whole time. 
I just recall when I was down there and somebody in my factory was my manager, Enoch. Oh, he's like, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, whose birthday is it? He's like, yours. I'm like, oh, shit, it's September already? <laughs> I, I missed my birthday. Um, so, so so you left that yeah. one. So so you're, you're in your factory now and you said you're looking for another factory? No, we're in our oh. third one. So the oh, you're in your... That okay. we're in now is... It's much larger than what we need. But again, I, I, I took it over with the... Uh, mindset that we could grow into this without having to move again. I mean, moving in general is a pain in the butt, even when you're paying other people to do it for you. Oh, um, yeah. it, it's just a stressful endeavor. Um, you know, so uh, we well, can even, even, even for your ro- Even for your rollers, you know, just, just yeah. working in a new space. Even a, you could have your same desk, your same chair, but just being in a new space of just going to the bathroom on a different toilet. The break room is to the right now instead of the left. It's just everything. It's got to throw, you know, because those, those, you know, women and men, it's all about repetition, monotony, and, you know, routine. Yeah. Routine. That's the word. I said, if you change any part of that up, that just affects everything. No, of course. And even for myself, like where my office was in the old space to where it is now, it just, it felt different for a while. And before you, you break it, you break into this same routine, new location. Um, and I wanted to, to minimize that again, our, our issue was like, uh, especially in Esteli, what we were finding, at least in our search, finding larger locations became harder and harder. Some people even rent sight unseen. It's like, you got 1200 square meters. Yes. Okay. Here it is. Send me over at least. I'm a person that likes to see things. And I learned the hard way where, you know, when you're arranging a schedule with um, a real estate agent down there, sometimes it's rented before they can even arrange a tour. Uh, yeah. You'll have three different people that are agent representing the same facility. And you know, all the owner of the building wants is it to be rented quickly. Um, yeah. So when, when this location came available, at first I didn't like it. I walked through it. And I was like, ah, I really want to hate this place. I don't remember why it was. It was just some arbitrary reason at that point. And I toured it the second time. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We can actually, I can see what we're going to do, where this is going to be. We're going to build this over here. We have to add this, knock this wall down, expand and open up this. And the benefit for us was also that the landlord has the building that's actually connected. It's almost like this facility was built as a duplex, but one level. So I, and the landlord said that if you need it, I could just not renew that lease over there and I can give you that facility as well, which would double our space. So that was what sold me on this location. And I'm happy that I've never felt more at home in the building than where we are right now. And then you're, you're in Esteli right now? In Esteli, correct. Okay. So you've always, as all the buildings have always been in Esteli? And all it's, yeah, not with, Esley's not that big, but we've never been that far from one building to the next. Um, so it, it didn't really require more than just a flatbed truck. Okay. Well, that, that makes it nice. Now, now you'd mentioned uh, Carlos Sanchez a, a few times. So you're, you're getting started. Um, were there any, you know, do you have any other mentors, any other people that work? Because we always hear, you know, it's, I love hearing like like lately it's like Jack Tarano is always the man uh, doing all this stuff. So who who was uh, some of the people helping you out there at the beginning? Well, the um, the funny part is that there's a conversation I had with Jonathan Drew one time, where he had apparently to his word been following us since the beginning. Um, and uh, it's it's not like I like to abuse you know my high connections in high places. But, you know, sometimes I would fall back on him and he was always good at calling me back the same day. 
like, all right. And obviously he's not giving me any proprietary information. He can't do yeah, that. Yeah. He would never do that. And I would never ask for it either. <laughs> um, but he's like, uh, just the way that he would approach the conversation with me always allowed me to almost like talking to a therapist where you're it's a road of self-discovery for yourself. Yeah. Um, and then, so he's been somebody that I've been blessed to be able to connect with uh, and Eric Espinosa as well. Those are, uh, those would be my top three people. I mean, I learned a lot from James, but they do their thing. I do mine. Um, I'm of the mindset that I like to stay in my own lane blinders on. So, you know, I don't want to get involved in all the, uh, gossip or, or who's they, this stuff. I just want to focus on what we do. And amongst those two people, and, and with Carlos, it's like-minded mindsets where, hey, it's, let's focus on us. Um, yeah. And yeah, Eric more recently has been able to give me a lot of different insights. And he was the first person to tell me not to open up a factory. Like, bro, <laughs> don't do it, bro. Not worth it, bro. Yeah, and if bro. You do it, don't bro. ever get big, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Now, um, now you did. Um, uh, which I didn't. I, I I read an article and I didn't understand you. And I didn't have it written down. I forgot all about it. Didn't you do a uh, a project with uh, Eric or Lazona? Yes. What was the uh, yes. what was what was the uh, uh, that I, I I didn't understand it when I was reading it. So it was in the period of when we left Oveja Negra, where we just said, "Hey, I want to go my way," and they're like, "Yeah, we yeah, that's for, that's for the best for us as well." So I was like, "Awesome, great." And Eric was the person I fell back onto at that time. I had this idea where what I wanted to do, almost like a master chef ish approach, where we're going to take our current line for twelve torch three blends, and I wanted to go to a few different factories, um, and say, "How here's the cigar as is." How would you do this, you know, and have a limited line of stuff produced at Lazona, stuff produced at some other place, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just to almost give it like a master blender's approach, meaning uh, this is how Eric would approach this. This is how this person would approach it. Same cigar, same concept, same logo. The only differentiation would be the stamp on the underside. So, box. so you didn't give them, um, the, you didn't give them the recipe. You just gave them the cake and told them to reproduce it. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. How? Yeah. And and I, it's because the same thing I do with my art, my art team at our, at our factory. I was like, I want to give you as little information as possible because I don't want you to feel like you're recreating what I'm telling you. Yeah. Get into your own head and stay out of mind type of a deal. And that's where I feel people like that artists and blending is an art, in my opinion, thrive with their direction, their experience leading the way, rather than I want it to be this, this is how I need this to be. I'm looking for this kind of profile, blah. It, it's too much of an extension of myself at that point. And that was what we were trying to do. And it was a limited run. And it's one of those things where I'll say, at least with the Lazona products, it worked. I mean, it was gone quickly. Um, and, uh, but then, once we started building out uh, our facility at the time, it just didn't make sense to continue that because we wanted to bring the focus onto ourselves and what we were doing. Um, so it's, it worked. It was fun to do one time. And it, I don't say that with any malintent. It, it really did work, but we just, we have our factory. Let's focus on that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. That that boggles my care. I mean, I I I boggle, I don't know how to. You know, obviously, I'm not a blender, but if someone, you know, you recreate this. That's kind of that'd be something cool to try and do. I I'd completely screw it up. Well, I, I know I can I can speak to uh, when I met with Chris and talked to him about doing our blends. He took us. He took a similar approach. Yeah. You know, and 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 it worked. You know, 
Yeah. Here, here is what it was, and then I said, "Here's what, here's what I want," and the tobaccos. And then Chris said, "Hey, you mind if I kind of do my interpretation of what what I think it should be?" And um, a lot of communication and um, a very straightforward uh, approach with, uh, with 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 that mindset. And and I it was refreshing. It it, it felt collaborative, uh, but it also felt that. And I knew at that point, you know, Chris had invested in Stogie Road cigars, not only to the point of saying, yeah, I'll make your cigars, but he's like, okay, let me get actively involved. Let me see. You're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't like my blend, but let me give you my interpretation of it. Yeah, you know, it I was I, almost did verbatim. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I and I and I recently did that care. I sent you a sample of, of a cigar and um and and I, I talk with the manufacturer. You know, we just, I mean, for hours. And then at the end of that, I'm like, that's it. I don't want any samples. Send me the final product. And he was just, that's not how this works. And I go, yes, that's, that's, you know, and he, I, and he was like, just sign up. Just let me, just, let me just send you at least. Well, no, no, I, I want, you know, cause you know what I like, you know what I don't like. We've had all these cocks now just produce and yeah. I don't think I would have been comfortable with that level of trust. <laughs> Care had that in there. No, not too much pressure for me. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put that much pressure on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so this is so I, I know you and Care. I mean, uh, um, you guys got together like tw- uh, like during COVID. Like, so where were you at factory rise during during COVID? Like twenty twenty, were you in like the the old Oveja Negra factory had you no, already moved we again were, where were where were you at we were long since out of it we were in okay. our smaller facility and uh we we outgrew that space quickly like it was a limitation on how many couples and i don't keep a lot of couples at any one time i have my core group and when i have a large project i'll just bring others in that we've worked with in the past and i i know and i trust to be able to get the job done consistently well um so we were in my new facility at the time, not the current one, but right before yeah, we only yeah. ever had three. So we're in building two. Okay. And um, yeah, it was back. It, it was hard to do. Usually what I would always recommend to any brand is take a trip to the factory. It's not just quicker, but I can make changes on the fly quicker as opposed yeah. to, you know, it, it was almost like I almost sent them a little bit too many options only because it would be, I'm going to mail this to you. Okay. You're going to sit on it for a week and, you know, yeah. to, to allow it to, to acclimate from the travel. Tell me what you think, make this change. Okay. I'll make that change. Send it back. Whereas if you're in the factory at the time, it's all right. I like that, but I'd like to try some of this and just have one of the couple come over and make the modification and then try it there. You can usually accomplish that where you think you're trying to be within a week. You let the samples sit over time, see what happens with time through the aging process, and then do that. COVID obviously prevented travel for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So I knew that that wasn't something that was going to be possible. I did offer it, and, you know, Care didn't want to travel at that time, and I can't blame him for not wanting to, let alone going to a country that didn't really knew what, what the process was going to be for any one particular time to get out of the country to go back to America. Um so uh, we did the best we could uh, with the process we had available to us at that time. Now, now, how you know? Because I know a lot. Of, you know, I think well, I was just talking with uh, with JD just the other day, and then he was talking with with the factory of just you know 
with COVID, they had to separate. They got tents outside. They had to cover the basketball. You know, so so with, so now yeah. I'm thinking like with a smaller one, you guys probably survived a little bit better because you know it was, it was easier to separate a couple of pairs versus yeah, so three hundred pairs. It was easier to fly under the radar. Um, being small, one we weren't visited by Minsa. Minsa is like the Ministry of Health, and they were the ones okay. doing all the inspections at the time. So uh, Minsa didn't visit us as often as the larger ones because we had less people to really monitor. And to your point, even when we were in our second building, the one we were in when we first started working with CARE, um, spreading out was still a possibility. So rather than having couples next to one another, they would be every other table, which in and of itself didn't make much sense to me because the couples sit right next to one another. So, (laughs) you know, what are you really separating in the end? But, you know, all... COVID opinions aside, uh, yeah, it, we were able to acclimate and work within that uh, easier because we didn't have as many people to move around. And we had the space to do it. So it just worked. But Minsa was coming in. I remember coming into the factory one day and everybody's lined up and they're doing blood draws um, on the production floor. And I'm like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> And Enoch's like, oh, this is Minsa. They're doing COVID tests. I'm like, on the they think that the production floor is the appropriate place to do this? Put them in my office. Like, <laughs> I'm weird when it comes to blood being drawn in general. Yes, yes, as, just... as, as you should be, you know, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we moved them into my office, did everything there. They were quick about it. But, you know, it, it was odd. I would say that America probably put more onus on, at least from our perspective and our experience, America had stricter stricter regulations in place for that than, than we saw within Nicaragua. I mean, I was still walking into the grocery store without a mask on um, in, in Esteli. And when I was at my beach house in San Juan del Sur, nobody wore a mask. They're like, why are you wearing a mask? Like, okay, yeah. cool. That's your opinion? Awesome. Great. It fits with my belief and I don't want to be sweating my nuts off Well. Also breathing into this fiber cloth. Yeah, um, uh, oh, brutal. Dog. Yeah. So, so, so now, so now, I mean, we, we're, we, I guess, you know, whether whatever you want to say, whether we're coming out of COVID, we're out of COVID, what, 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 whatever you want to call it. All I know is over the last two months, Charlie at Half Wheel Cigar Aficionado, they've been posting like record imports here into the U.S. for cigars. It, it's like it's never been. Um, with such a huge demand, you know, for like just everything, tobacco, bands, boxes, whatever. Um, have you been able to shift, you know, quickly enough? And then have you been able to get what you needed? Because being a smaller, you know, factory, you know, we hear, you know, Saka says he orders 100,000 bands at a time of a single one. How, how How's it been for you? So from a ring perspective, I mean... We're, we're pretty well stocked. I don't have stock as demand, knock on wood, maybe one day. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't need 100,000 of any one particular skew at the time. Uh, the, the, what became more difficult was packaging boxes and um, at some points, the availability of tobacco. So one of the things that we pivoted into was, again, I'm a tinker. So we actually are starting to grow. We've started already growing our own tobacco. Yeah, you, um, you you had mentioned that on the show. It's what I had written down that you were going to grow your own. I was wondering how that was going to go. It's working well, um, and uh, we had our first crop. I really like it. We're just going to see what the fermentation process does for us with it. Um, 
But again, it comes down to being vertically integrated. And I think that COVID, at least in our industry, spotlight was shown on areas that that became more important. Supply of materials being it. Um, from a box perspective, you know, it's it. I can't fault them with that increase in that uh, that dramatic increase in the exports. Well, packaging is needed as well, so boxes, all, you know, didn't it, it quite scale in the growth of production as well as cigar factories did for the production of the cigars. So it's a it's just a nightmare situation with getting boxes. Um, so what we started doing was just instead of ordering whatever our order was, we were quadrupling it just to have it. Um, and even that proved you know, to be difficult just from a delivery standpoint. I mean, it's upsetting, it's frustrating, but I just, I, I ride the wave, you know, so That's it. You know, nothing you can sorry, do about I, it. Yeah, I know, Care, you had some, which I, I love, I, I'm not a, you know, a, a huge fan of boxes just because I throw them all out. I know, Care, you had to go to some shrink wrap stuff and some plastic. I love that. I love butcher paper. Chris, are, are you starting to see more people wanting, you know, just more simplified packaging? Well, yes and no, because uh, in addition to care, we also manufacture for Winning House. Uh, Winning House started in care's pre pre uh, presentation, and they were like flip-flopping at the same time. Now Winning House is doing more boxes as their retail presence is growing. Um, so I think it's personal preference. Myself, personally, growing up in Delaware, where they claim the Italian sandwich was actually invented. So I'm a, I know Karis the Capriotti's guy. I'm a Casapulas guy through and through. Um, I, uh, I like that presentation because I've seen it used so much, you know, growing up in various different things. So, I mean, it's personal preference. Whatever somebody wants, we'll do our best to deliver on it for them. I also think it, it, it also depends on the, the demand and supply. And I know with, with our box, yeah. you know, with our cigars, it was, you know, it, the reality is, is, is when everybody wants boxes, you know, the, 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 the priorities are always going to be with the bigger numbers and so on and so forth. So when you're like, Hey, it's going to be four weeks. You're like, is that four weeks, my time or four weeks, <laughs> Nicaraguan time. Uh, that's um, what I drill into Enoch. Is like, don't tell me like, is this a Nicaraguan two weeks yeah. or is this an actual two weeks? <laughs> Cause I was really, I was, I, I mean, one of the things that Chris and I worked on was the box for the Lancero is really going to look cool. The, the split opening and the logo um, and, and and we'll eventually get back to that. But uh, you know, you, you, you do what you got to do and uh, and you just, you adjust and, and just like Chris said, you ride the wave and you just overcome and just keep moving forward. Yeah. Now a couple people in the chat panel would ask what kind of tobacco are you growing? I didn't want to ask. I didn't know if it was a secret, you know, but a couple people asking now and Jessica's like, Jessica's like, Hey, there's people asking, um is, is that is that just you're just growing tobacco is that what you want to say oh god i really do want to say um we're we're growing tobaccos that we currently use let's just okay put it that way um you know uh we started off with filler filler binder um and as we get uh more time under our belts we'll go start growing wrapper leaf as well um so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's so exciting for me. And it's yeah. like I'm on, the, I'm on the verge of, like, just exploding and, and spilling all of my, showing my entire hand. Um, Have another drink, I mean, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Have the first one, yeah. Uh, yeah, so 
we're doing Criollo 98, Corojo 99, Genesis, uh, of, of varietals um, for filler and for binder as well. We're going to be starting with uh, Broadleaf, Pennsylvania and Connecticut. Um, Weaning House uses a, a very nice Connecticut Broadleaf and wrapper is something, it's not just taste, it's also cosmetic. So I wanna be as good as I possibly can be perfect uh, before we start using the wrappers that we're growing, you know, we have to use a manzana at a time to actually start to like test the process to get enough of it. The manzana is like a 1.78 acres, I believe is the calculation. Um, so you need to have enough crop to see, you know, you can't just grow one plant and say, okay, I got it wrong. or Okay. I got it good. A million yeah. different things can actually affect the outcome of the actual growth. And I don't know enough about stuff. Uh, I am a brown thumb, not a green thumb. I could kill a cactus. So I've, um, started uh working with people that know a lot more about plants than i ever thought you could ever know about plants um basically taking that chemical engineering side that i grew up with my father was a duponer and finding the equivalent type of scientists that work with soil content soil consistency what's my nitrogen right what type of fertilizers do we have to use um do we have to adjust the fertilizer um level uh, because maybe we need more nitrogen, less nitrogen based on the region that we're growing in. Um, what's our high uh, hydration process? Are we getting enough water? Do we have to taper that off? What systems do we use? I mean, it's not just, we aren't approaching it as just let's get some land and let's put the seed in the ground and see what happens. We are taking a very methodical approach to the tobaccos that we're growing. Um, I'm very, very, very proud of this process. I'm happy with the team that we have. Uh, that we're working with. And I will say that even my factory manager, Enoch, has been instrumental in connecting me to the appropriate people to do this. So so did you find your own, because I know some people like Jeff Borshowitz, they, 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 they find their own plot of land, they grow. Other people will find farmers that have nothing on the field and that's dedicated to them. So which, which way did you go? Like you have your own? We bought land, but... Um, okay. So it's our land. Um, the part of the process in the selection of the land and the regions, which I won't disclose the regions. I just yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's understandable. Um, but it's in Nicaragua. Um, is uh, this particular gentleman who will remain nameless? Um, is the scientist we're working with, and he would go there and take different soil samples from various different areas of various different fields. I mean, this was a daunting effort and exhausting. And quite honestly, this part of it for me was just so boring that eventually I just stayed in the car and it was just watching Netflix on my phone. Um, but um, yeah, and then taking the soil samples and reading them back and getting like, okay, there's this much nitrogen here, there's this much this here, there's this much that there. This is this is the place you want to be in of the 14, 15 different regions that we were looking at. And that was the approach that we took. Um, you know, it's this is the part that again, it's the mad scientist tinkering on my on my part is just being as analytical as we possibly could be because you're able to grow tobaccos in any regions and uh, you don't necessarily have to be in a specific region to grow a specific tobacco. Yeah. Um, as long as you have that back end, uh, the, the data needed to figure out, okay, I'm in this region and it's normally grown in say Pennsylvania. How do I grow? Yeah. Pennsylvania tobacco in Nicaragua to have the same outcome that it would be if it was grown in Pennsylvania. Um, and that's all the things that this particular gentleman is doing for us. 
um, and the knowledge base that he brings to it. So it, it's something I can geek out on. I mean, I actually got chicken skin right now talking about yeah. it. So, um, that, that, that's you got cool. to import a couple of Amish farmers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's my secret. You have got me here. Thanks. You know, and, Throw and me under the bus. And it's surprising <laughs> that you found land. You just hear so many people like, we can't find land. We can't find land to grow. And, and maybe it's because some of these people, you know, you probably don't need a thousand acres, you know? So, Oh no, I, yeah. yeah, if, it, yeah. if it's say Davidoff or something like that, they need an, a, a level of land that I, I wouldn't even fathom ever. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you, you know, so you keep bringing up uh, your e Enoch. Who, who is, who is Enoch? How, how did you find what's because, an Enoch? <laughs> yeah. Because, because every, every, every boutique cigar uh, maker uh, that those they all, they all have an Enoch and it's just like, God, I hope this guy doesn't die or just quit because you know he, he's irreplaceable. So where, where well, did you me, find? He's, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, definitely irreplaceable for me, but more from like uh, on a on a personal level. He's a, became a dear friend. I met him because he was a translator in Estelle at the time. Oh, okay. Um, and he did a lot of translation for uh, brand owners that were coming down that maybe didn't have a factory already in mind, but they needed to have English to Spanish, Spanish to English. Um, and he's just, he's, he's very humble. He's one of the, I say in my life, I've been blessed twice from people that weren't family that I've come across. Dave was one of them. Dave was there for me when I went through my divorce, which wasn't an easy process. Um, and I don't talk too much about it, but he's the, if you were in need and you needed to eat, he eat less just so you could. And I was never in that situation, but only to describe, you know, yeah. the types of people that these are. And you say, Oh, nobody's ever that nice. Well, these two people are that nice. Uh, so with Enoch, there was um, a bond that built over time. And uh, he's actually, his degrees in civil engineering. So he's not an idiot. He's extremely intelligent. Um, and he knows just a lot of people that know a lot of things. So he was, uh, eventually came to the point where I was like, hey, I'm going to start my own factory. Um, we get along. Let's try this out and try to work together. I need a manager. And he became that guy. You need a guy that knows a guy. You know, I, I have a feeling whether you know there are certain places, New York, Chicago, Philly, Nicaragua, Honduras, you need a guy that has a guy. <laughs> you know? And you yeah. don't ever ask him, you don't ever ask him who his guy is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We're not out there clipping people or whacking people left and right, you know, but you know, it's it's in the very the one interesting part of the intellectual property protection our industry has outside of trademarks is it's just trade secrecy so it's the same our, our blends and our and the processes we have is no different than coca-cola's protection through the recipe or the kfc's and you know the kernel's original herbs and spices so you know holding that stuff confidential is is, is a big part of what it is and i have that level of trust in him that i don't i'm not a person that trusts easily and when you lose my trust it takes a lot to earn it back. I've never, he's never lost my trust when so many people have. He's a good guy. Enoch's a good, a really good, good kid. And I've dealt with him uh, directly and also, you know, with, with communicating through Chris and he is definitely, he, he's, he's definitely a good kid. Very knowledgeable. 
So, so we're well, we're gonna we're gonna bounce. So, so care, you know, care, you know, he he's leaving one factory. He's coming to work for you. Um, he's looking for someone that makes barber poles, and you've always made a barber pole. Um, I don't know if you've always made it, but uh, um, it, you do make them. Where did you, at what point were you like I want to do a barber pole, and you know, um, and then and then you've obviously you've mastered it. Care makes fan, you know, well you make fantastic cigars for for care where did the love of the barber pole come in well that was actually three blends and three blends is a reinvention of one of our original skews called the tri t-r-i where it was maduro at the cap habano in the middle and connecticut at the foot and i wanted when we were leaving the original factory that made that and we went to casa which is carlos's factory i told carlos i just i want to I want to redo this cigar because it was one of our, it was our best seller, but I want to do it differently. I want to shed the image of everything we're leaving and start anew over here. So we started with Torch and when we got around to actually getting the Three Blends project done, um, Carlos suggested doing it as a barber pole. And then Carlos also suggested that additional level of difference, which is where the first two thirds are a box press and it ends as like your traditional round cap. Um, so, and three blends, even at its price point is by and large our top seller. I mean, it's hard for us to keep it in stock. I mean, now that we have the factory, it's very easy to keep it. Is, in is stock. it still, is it still made that way? Because I didn't notice that on your website. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. We don't draw too much attention to it because I think the description and the, the feedback that other people leave for it is enough to at least make you want to try it so that when you actually pick it up, it's like, oh, it's got this too. Um, but it is something that it, it is one of the selling points. And when we actually talk about it uh, with the actual, we chose the appearance obviously for visually to be visually and aesthetically pleasing. And it's just as the cigar is, is smoking because of how we roll our barber poles, which I say is the true and correct way where we roll all the wrappers at the same time, rather than rolling <laughs> one wrapper and putting a strip on for something yeah, else. Yes. Um, <laughs> it allows the, you can have, on your palate, it just bounces back and forth with the different nuances from every wrapper that you're using on the barber pole. And in three blends, this case, once it transitioned from the box press to that traditional Corona style cap, the whole dynamic of the cigar just changed. The, the profile changes, smoke starts billowing out. So that final third is just something mind blowing. In my, in, in my humble opinion. And so we did that so well. And when Care was uh, leaving where he left, um, I said, look, one thing is we operate slowly. So I do take my time on projects. My goal is not to collect your money as quickly as I can. And I said, I, I told him, it's like, just because you're, you know, your check clears doesn't mean it's the last time you're going to hear from me. But I just said, we have to allow the process to take its time. But one thing that we do very well, as is evidenced by our sales of free blends, is we make a killer bar. Um, so in that, when Care got his samples, I mean, we even went so far as to go out and get some special candela, that bright green candela yeah. that's on his sandela and then the Odyssey, um, sorry, not the, the Sweetgrass Gringo. Um, and that's the other part of it. I'm not the only guy that's passionate that makes cigars for other people, but I'm passionate about the process and I geek out on it all the, all the time. Um, so I was very, very, I was 
maybe even in the beginning, a little bit more excited than him, just with like the types of tobacco that we were acquiring for his plans. I'm like, dude, you got to see this Candela here. Bam. Send yeah. a picture of the, of the box of the Candela. It's like, holy shit, that's green. I'm like, yeah, that's green. And it's fucking phenomenal. Sorry for cursing. But, no, that's um, okay. We're, we're, we're good. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just getting into the meat and potatoes of like what we were doing with it and how this, can, how this Candela was different from what he was using and the quality and the difference in the quality. I was like, holy shit, this cigar is amazing. To the point that I had to tell my Blancheros and Roleros to stop smoking his cigars <laughs> because I had to make more of them, you know, and I wasn't getting paid for the ones I had to replace. So, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're just, we're, we're passionate about that process. As far as like, I, I always tell a brand, that even if they don't work with me, the best thing you could possibly do is visit any factory that you're talking to. If you're comfortable with the process and not just the process that the factory is using, but how the factory is treating you, then that's the factory you should go with, even if it's not me. And you have to be comfortable with that. I've, I've worked with several different factories and I've been blessed with all but one of them um, with the experiences that we've had. And I've always felt like I mattered. So if you feel that I care about your product, more than you do or at least as much then that's the level of confidence you have to have in the the factory that you're using and you don't have to go to a well-known one to find that passion right so karen and i just i mean we we geeked out on all things delaware we had we found we had a lot of not just acquaintances in common but locations in common so that was part of it it made the conversation easy but I'd like to believe that I won care over and got and earned his business based on the quality of the barber poles that we were making. Now, now that region, uh, um, do you know Craig Vanderslice? He's from Malvern. Yeah, I know. Craig. Okay. Yeah. So, great. Malvern's great not that far from Delaware, but it, whenever you hear Malvern, PA, it's like, oh shit, you know. If if you have some sort of connection with it, which I have four years of high school, so yeah. Um, it's easy to, you know, to bond with people from small regions like that. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking about half and half. Now I'm thinking of, I want a half Gordo and a half uh, Lancero. <laughs> um, I want a, uh, yeah. A Gordcero. La- yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Lan, Gor- Lan- yeah, you, you had it right. But, uh, but yeah, so, so how, how many, how many, uh, um, how many barber poles could there be before it just got to be too difficult? Is it three? Could you do four? I couldn't imagine five. Oh, you mean how many rappers? Yeah, how um, many rappers before it's just ridiculous? Interesting that you asked this question because <laughs> with Leaning House, Dave Pushkabitz has been a supporter of ours from the beginning. And my, my family's from Pittsburgh, and Dave was the first Pittsburgh stop to bring us on 10 years ago, and it's never left. So we came up with a collaborative project because our 10th year was going to be his 15th year. And we have this project, 1015. One of the 10 test blends we have for this yet to be released collaboration is actually a four wrapper barber pole. And I will tell you this, if done right, it can be done well. Um, But I would say four from my experience is probably the limit. And it's nothing, it's for no other reason than the wrappers just on top of one another start to really take over the cigar and not in a bad way, but you start to muddle and mute that finder filler combination. That's uh, every bit as important, if not more so. So 
the more wrappers you're using, it gets a little bit more complicated. And the more wrappers you're using, assuming that they're different varietals of tobacco, um, blending becomes a little bit more complicated. Not to say that some people aren't out there that could do it easily, um, but in our in our experience with that, four was our limit for all of those reasons. Um, I would like to stick with two to three. It just makes more sense. And you can get a little bit more kinky with that because you can have a, a more aggressive filler binder combination and still be able to taste every tobacco that's on that cigar. Whereas at a certain point when you're adding more wrappers, much more than four, you're just losing. You're just adding a wrapper for the sake of adding a wrapper. You're not really able to get that subtle nuance that goes along with it from, from your transition points. So that's yeah, my view on barber. I, I, I have found that care of you. Like I said, I I'm really like two, like that. That's about it. There, there are a couple like three to where you can get some of those transitions, but then it becomes, I, in my opinion, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on the, the number? I've, I've had Chris's uh, three blends. I think that was, and I've had other th- three rapper barber poles and, um, I really wasn't impressed with 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 any of them. I had Chris's. I thought I thought yours was fantastic. I went out. I bought a box of it, and Chris is like, "I could have sent you one." I was like, "No, nah, I support the team." I said, "I it was about to buy a box," um, and it was really fantastic. And I know a while back, you know, Chris and I were messing around with just you know talking about different types of barber pole blends, and he had sent me some and a couple triple you know uh, triple uh, um, wrappers. And they were decent, but really I haven't found any that really, I think once you get into a lot of the triple wrapper barber poles, it's just for the aesthetics and for the looks that it is for the flavor. Yeah. And that's just in my opinion, one that I've had. I think you got it right with what you did with, with, with three blends. Has anybody uh, done a, a, a triple uh, a Lancero barber pole? Is that ever, uh, you know, not, I, I know for some reason I just thought about that. Is that a, uh, I haven't seen one, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Okay, care. Uh, if if the three of us didn't see it, then it doesn't exist. It's yeah, never that, 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 yeah, that's fair to me. It's never been done. That, that, I did that, my that. I did my Google research to get get as, as any farther than that. And it's no, I haven't seen a triple uh, barber pole Lancero. I haven't. Okay, yeah, triple barber pole box press Lancero. Um, let's just throw let's just throw that in there as uh, as well. Um, so I have so, to pay you a royalty if I use yeah, that. Not at all. That is that is that is <laughs> yours. I I reach out to more manufacturers with dumb fucking ideas. Um, like I said, Abe, it's smoke in. Like I said, I'll, I'll like get out of the shower and like and just turn my phone on and I'll I'll start just talking to like not even to, it'll just start talking and then I just hit send and then he just. I'm like just more more ideas, shower ideas I have, you know. That's uh, um, and then Karen and I we talk and same thing happens, spitballing back and forth. And um, so so we talked about your tri blend. Let's go through the rest of the the rest of your blends. Um, uh, Karen and I we were spo- now I I'm on the torch now, um, which is actually a fucking fantastic, like Connecticut. Like I don't I don't like Connecticut's at all. And and if it, and if I didn't like it, I would have just I probably wouldn't have brought it up, um, but uh, just to be nice. Um, but uh, let's talk about this one to, to begin with. What is what is is this your is this your oldest cigar? Our oldest cigars would be the stuff we did with the original factory. Torch was the first project we did when we went to to Casa Carlos Sanchez's factory. Oh, okay. Um, and what we wanted to do was have three distinct blends rather than one blend 
three different rappers. Um, and we, for just where my profile was at this point and where Carlos was taking my palette on this journey of discovery, um, I wanted to have a non-traditional Connecticut. I always say it's not your granddad's Connecticut. It's got some power to it, but it's got complexity and flavor and body at the same time. And I'm a firm believer that the power and body are two separate dynamics when it comes to a description oh, yeah. of a cigar. Um, so when we landed on that Connecticut, it was exactly where we wanted it to be. And not much has changed from you know, to Casa the Oveja Negra to ourselves. Where we really hit our niche was on our Habano. Um, I fell in love with Habano from only starting out and consistently smoking Connecticut shade when in when I first started smoking. Habano gave me the spices that I that I like. I mean, I'm, I'm a spice guy, so if I'm if I'm a beer guy, I'm an IPA guy. If, I, if I'm in food, if it doesn't have Cajun, Old Bay, or Creole seasoning to that effect, it's, I'm, I'm not happy. Um, and uh, Habano has kind of fell into all of those flavor points that I like to hit with anything that I'm imbibing. Um, and then we came out with the Maduro as well, which we didn't want to overpower the Maduro because at the time we didn't want to have a full body, full strength, full pepper Maduro. So we have a solid medium body, solid medium power in the, in the Porsche Maduro. And it wasn't until we started the project, the 412, where we said, all right, gloves are off. Let's do something that hits on all cylinders. I want pepper, but I want flavor. And I don't want pepper for the sake of being pepper. I mean, the worst thing in the world is a hot sauce that's so hot that it doesn't have any body that you can't taste your food. Mm. Um, and we've all had those we, cigars that were just, they were just blended for the sake of, that's all yeah. they wanted to show you. Let's blow out your palate. Let's get some power. And those cigars are fun to have on an occasion, but we wanted a regular rotation quality or caliber of Maduro. And 412, we just knocked out arc, in my opinion, where the profile is definitely full. It's got that strength, but the blend is complementary to the pepper that's inside with the Lajeros that we're using so that you're getting the pepper, and it's not burning out the back of your palate where you're just left like, I can't taste anything. If I you know, drank Pepsi right now, it would taste like water. Um, so that was the goal that we had with that. And then that's that hits our core line. We have our Veritas Maduro, which we haven't produced in a while, but now that we're finally producing it for ourselves, um, that's coming back out. And that was a Brazilian Alaparaca that had... More of those pepper notes that I like to have. So I'd say it's like medium body, but full power in the cigar as well. But very, very complimentary. So that, again, it's almost like a creaminess on the back end of your palate. I described like the finish of a butterscotch where it's there. You can taste it, but it's just a, a temperate coating. And you can enjoy that experience from, from start to finish in so, the cigar. So how, so how long has it been since that cigar has been out? In a few years, so because I, I know because that that was a ninety three rated cigar uh, from uh, Cigars and Spirits. Yes. So are, are you trying to? Are you able to recreate that exact cigar or trying your best? Yes and no. Um, you know, we we used Luis Cuevas's factory, Tabacalera Las Lavas, at the time. Oh, did you? Was the one that made that. Oh, and, I didn't. Um, okay. Obviously, Dominican tobacco and the availability that they have over there is different than what we can find in Nicaragua. Not to say it's impossible. It's just to say that it's it's a different uh, 
variety of offerings that they have. Um, we wanted to tweak it a little bit because I wanted to amp it up from what it was to kind of be a little bit consistent in the rest of our portfolio and, and where their profiles are. But to the we kept it true to form as much as we possibly could while making uh, minor modifications along the way. Um, we When we set out and opened the factory, it was at a time where we were still in this limbo of what is going to be allowed under FDA regulations. What can we do? Can we change anything? We knew we couldn't change the quantity of the box because that would be deemed to be a new product. So we weren't certain as to whether or not we could change the actual components of the cigar. Well, you know, we would always find the follow the advice of legal counsel. So it, it just seemed to be a project that we wanted to do a little bit something different with. We wanted to make sure that we could do that, whatever that different thing would be. So we delayed uh, production on that for a few years, uh, admittedly, to see if we could add that back to the core line while being new and improved, so to speak. Um, and then um, finally, we have our, our 10 year anniversary blend yet to be released. It's now our 11th year of business. So we're a year late, you know, in, in, in release. But I'm a firm believer, as I said before, of making sure something is ready to hit the market. And what I was finding as this project was aging is I didn't like where it ended up at 90 to 120 days. So I wanted to go back and get a little bit more body, a little bit more pepper. But because we're using an African Cameroon wrapper, it's very easy to overpower this leaf. And it's so exotic and unique, in my opinion. I didn't want to do something where you took away the actual flavor and profile of the wrapper itself. So I didn't want to go too heavy on the pepper. Um, Kara's actually been able to have one. Um, I sent him a few. Um, along with a few other people, so I think we've pretty much dialed it in with where we want it to be. Now, where now, which, release is now which one? Now, which one is that? Is that the faded? That's faded. Yeah, okay. I am so stoked about this project too. Um, so. Ten years in anything is like uh, I've, I've never even been married for ten years, so I haven't <laughs> reached a lot of ten-year milestones in my life. <laughs> um, so, ten years in business with something to celebrate for sure. Um, Jesse Flores did the artwork for us. Um, I met Jesse down at, at the beach during Easter weekend when I was in when I was in Nicaragua um, over the last year. And I was like, dude, like I just want you to do some crazy style of artwork. And I gave him very again minimal background, but faded comes from a song I like from um, Alan Walker, um, and it just kind of spoke to me. So where I wanted it to be is like, and our, and our, our concept is like, look, this is Veritas Cigars. We've been around for 10 years. You might not know us, but and we have definitely weathered a lot of storms. Our sign might be faded, but we're still here. Um, so we, we're, we've just been blessed as a company to have a very good foundation with which to, to rely on when things got complicated and or difficult. Um, and I wanted to have a cigar that wasn't just another Maduro. So we're came up that we could get this Cameroon wrapper, I said, that's what I want to use for this project. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Yeah. And, and and the cigar is fantastic. I said, Kara sent me, I don't know if he was supposed to, Kara sent me a couple of them. Um, I, I've smoked uh, uh, two. I have my last one here and it's a, uh, it's a fantastic cigar. Yeah. The artwork on this is rather unique. The other part of it is that the, the ring that we're producing for this cigar is meant to look like it's floating on top of the tobacco. So it's actually 
print it on a translucent film. So it doesn't have, all you see is just the logo. That faded logo in the lower right-hand corner yeah. and the Veritas logo are the only print of ink that you actually see. And it's printed on this vellum that just envelopes the cigar. So it just looks like, bam, almost like it's printed on the cigar. So again, we wanted to do that, something. That'd be to cool. I, with that. Yeah, I, I can't even, I mean, I, I, I'm still not able to wrap my head around what you're explaining. So I'll have to, I'll be, uh, it'll be interested to see that. I'm sending you a video, Kev, of it. Yeah. Oh, su super, super cool. So, um, and the only then... limitation we found with printing on vellum is we can't get foil to adhere to the vellum itself. Oh, so okay. it will be straight ink, but it looks, yeah, it looks sexy. Uh, I'm very happy with the way it's coming out. So super cool. Um, You'd mentioned collaborations uh, earlier. Um, do, do you do you have like a uh, like a white whale collaboration? Is there somebody like 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 God? Like I, I would love to just do a cigar cigar with them. You know, the answer is yes, but I mean, I think even Saka kind of hit the nail on the head. Where for these collaborations to actually be successful, both sides have to be hitting you have to be riding on that same track, right? So you have to, not just from a profile of the, the, the cigar itself, but naming, branding, packaging, release, what what the, the, the dialogue is going to be when one is talking about it. So I, I do have my short list of people that I would absolutely love to work with. I mean, Sokka is one of them. Dion is another one. I doubt that, that would ever happen. Um, because, I mean, Dion is just a remarkable member of this cigar society. Illusion, it's... God, I mean, I, I never had a cigar I haven't liked that they've put out, you know. So, um, I did it when we worked with Eric over uh, on that project that we talked about before. And that was yeah. a, a very eye-opening experience just to see from his perspective what he likes to use, how he likes to use it, why, and not just what and why. I mean, what and how, but why he does things the way that he does i mean so for me i wouldn't even treat a collaboration as just for the the end game of getting a project out there i would work with somebody that i could actually learn some things i probably wouldn't be able to learn otherwise yeah you um, know i I've, I've heard Sokka say that <clears throat> what you said before you know and he says over and over again 99 percent of all collaborations it's all one-sided it's all one. It, it's it's someone else. It's someone doing all the work and someone lending their name, you know, right. to, to to the project. You know, almost um, like a licensing agreement at that point. Um, it, it, exactly. But yeah, I I see you as a person that that wouldn't do like like you couldn't do that. Like it's like hey, before it's you know, like I'm gonna be in there, you know, knee deep into the project myself. No, exactly. I, I mean, in a perfect world, it would actually be in our factory so that I could sit there in my home base in my comfortable seat, you know, and, and where I'm actually able to open up the mind and absorb as much as I can. So again, I would, if I could end up working with any of these people and any of the others on my, on my short list, I would definitely use it from the standpoint of, I want to learn as much as possible from somebody that's been doing it longer, better, you know, and myself to use it as a way of bettering ourselves, bettering our process. Um, yeah. So those are dream projects, and I hope one day, maybe, but you know, I'm not dead yet. So maybe. Yeah. 
still st- still a young guy. So so uh, um uh, do you have any other collaborations? Care you had briefly touched like the, there were some collaborations going on. I don't. You have anything else going on collaborative wise? I think you mentioned beer or something. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So we're working. Care, you're like, Care, why are you telling him everything? <laughs> no, no. It's like I sent Care a list of stuff and I, I said, like, You may want to ask him about it. I didn't think you uh, would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I, I like, I'm a beer guy, obviously, as I said, I'm an IPA guy. One of the things I'd like to be able to do is collaborate with a brewer. Not maybe, maybe not so much as like an infusion flavored style project, but I would like to get the like the mindset of not that this is even a remote possibility, but like going to Glenn Fittich's distillery over in Scotland and just saying, look, you guys obviously have phenomenal palates. I'm a passionate drinker and purchaser of all things Fittich, um, but uh, be able to work with. Um, uh, distilleries and or breweries that I like with their with their uh, distillers or with their head brewers simply because I like the approach that they take. I think it's rather unique, much like blending cigars, is how they come out with the profiles that they're releasing in final product. As, as an example, we talked about dogfish before. So like working with Sam Calgian, um, my favorite beer out there is Dogfish 120 Minute. Wherever it is, I'll buy whatever's available at the time. And God forbid it's on tap. I'll sit there and drink the entire thing. I just think that a beer draft, a draft beer is much better than the bottle. Um, so being able to work with a, a few distilleries, and we have a few lists uh, of distilleries we're currently talking with and breweries we're talking with, some local to Hawaii. Um, others, you know, spread out, but I wouldn't want it to be where it was, you know, um, an infused cigar. The goal here is a, a like-minded development of palettes, blending yeah. the blending from two different industries. Right, right. Now, Kara, I'm watching this video of this. I don't even know how you made this, this, this cigar band. Like, I'm looking <laughs> at it now. It's just like, now I, I kind of want to see the machine that produces this bad boy. You know, that is just beautiful. Um, uh, oh, Jessica can't see. She doesn't have Facebook Messenger pulled up. But if you pull up on your phone, Jess, Kara sent the uh, um, uh, the video of it. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, now, now you, now you'd start. Um, you, you're, you're a beer guy. It was either beer or cigars. You had to make that choice. You're doing the cigars. You're, you're, you're. You know, you're. An, I don't. I want to say an old hand at it. Have you ever thought about like, okay, maybe it's time to revisit? You know the, yeah. the, the craft beer so, side. The answer is yes. Um, I want to get a, a few projects done so that uh, at least those projects have traction to have some degree of self reliance with um, from a, from just time needed for focus and attention to get them to fruition. Like making sure that the tobacco that we're growing is where we want it to be, consistent and where it's at. And so far, everything we've grown is stellar. But yeah. Um, I'm trying to uh, put together a team um, that would open up a, a brewery out in Hawaii. Not that Hawaii needs another brewery. I mean, I, oh, oh, we're overly it, inundated with beer breweries right now. Oh, 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 really? You know, I don't, I don't hear that a lot about Hawaii have a lot of a lot of breweries. God, yeah. So even like on small scales, right? So something that would be, you know, micro, 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 like an Iron Hill brewery. Um, 
that which was originally just regional Delaware, then mm-hmm. branched out to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and I think South Carolina or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we have one here. Um, but uh, I just want to focus on like the beer side rather than being a brew pub, although that the brew pub would be an easier license to get in Hawaii uh, than just being a brewery for whatever reason. Hawaii is a little bit backwards that way. Now, what, um, what do you mean, what do you mean by brew pub? I'm, I, I... So, uh, brew pub, pub meaning like serving pub fare, pub food, uh, oh, okay. burgers, chips, and stuff like that. Oh, Hawaii, it's brew, a little bit easier brewing, to brewing on site. Yeah, because you're it, brewing on site, but also having um, restaurants as well. Oh, okay. It's just uh, that's what Hawaii likes to approve more than just breweries, um, for whatever reason. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that we want to get into. I've started doing a little bit of just home brewing stuff. My father was always into home brewing and, and with the Brewers Cub and the Delaware Sangerbunds. Um, had a, a, a few of the beers that they've actually brewed, actually won a few regional awards. Um, but again, it just goes hand in hand. It's just that being able to tinker with all the different ingredients where it's like, uh, if you're familiar with the permutation calculation, that's your only true limitation is the different varieties of ingredients you can have. But the possibilities for combinations are not quite endless, but they're considerably high. So it's just like a cigar. You can only put so much tobacco in a cigar. Right. There's there's only so much tobacco out there, you know, but when you have those combinations, it, it's essentially endless. Exactly. And and I don't even think that the industry's scratched the surface for what's even possible. Again, simply just with the all the different wrappers out there, all the different um, binders out there, all the different fillers. And then some people are starting with hybrid blends now, um, where now we're crossbreeding um, tobacco varietals within from a from a genetic side with the seeds. So again, it's like uh Beer's always been something I like, and I could see us potentially doing that. Right now, I'm talking with a friend that has a brewery set up already in Delaware, northern Delaware. Belafonte Brewery is them, and uh, potentially utilizing their their resource change to be able to get that done. Yeah, I, I was just talking with a, a a manufacturer a couple weeks ago, and about about the hybridization. And, and it's just opening his mind of like what can be done. I mean, it, unfortunately, it's a years long, like five year long process, you know. Right. But he's like, but but if we could blend a you know uh, a Brazilian, you know, uh, what with a, a Pennsylvania, just all these different things, it's like what could possibly be done? And it just it's, it's mind boggling. And that's what I like about where the industry is at right now, because the industry itself is damn near romance, meaning it's still stuck in, to some degrees, the, the thought process it had from the very beginning. We grew yes. tobacco, this is what we use. And then there's people going out there that are almost like mad scientists doing the exact same thing. I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Saka even started doing his own varietals of, of tobaccos just to put himself uh, one step further than he already is. Um I could be wrong on that, but I believe that. No, no, he, yeah, he, he's just, uh, he's got a small test crop going right now of a, of a hybrid tobacco that hasn't been, been used before. And he's keeping it pretty, pretty under fucking wraps. You know, <laughs> he, he's, he's good not to tell me, you know, so I mean, because I will just inadvertently just tell somebody and I'm like, oh, is that a secret? 
that's uh that's my bad so uh but yeah but yeah he has said that he's doing some you know and then and then his cultivo tanto method of just using the top you know so yeah it's just uh just crazy crazy shit but i, I love seeing that the old guys not the steve steve's old he knows he is um oh but but it's uh it's nice seeing them you know it's trying supplements some, yeah 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 trying something new because because it's usually the younger guys like chris that are pushing the envelope and I, and i think chris you're pushing the sakas out there is like crap you know chris is doing this you know uh, uh you know james from sneaker is doing this it's like no i think it, yeah. it's always good to have freshness no matter what you have to kind of pass the baton on you know you, you need to keep it going yeah like the tradition needs to stay going and, and these people aren't going to live forever so you've got to pass it on to, to people who are going to you know be interested and keep doing it yeah, see, Sokka, even Jessica thinks you're old. I didn't say um, that. But, at uh, all. I did not but, say that at uh, all. He got that. We got a lot out of that, Jess. Yeah, that's it. But but competition breeds, you know, innovation. This is why I have to make Kevin sign like a piece of paper that says he won't say anything if I tell him something. Yeah. <laughs> but family non disclosure. Like you can't say you promise <laughs> we won't say anything, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, PCA, you are you going to be there? Oh, excuse me, be there this year? Yes, we are. Uh, we're currently distributed through Sutliff, so we are in Sutliff's booth again, just like we were for TPE. Um, but we will indeed be there. All right, are, are you going to be uh, debuting the faded, or is that is that is it time? We're or almost. No? We're. I think it needs another month. From what I've been smoking so far, so I don't want to rush it, right? So you know, just for the sake of it being there, some of the sticks I will have there for some of our key accounts, like I'll have naked sticks that they can try. That will be the blend. But as far as just rolling it out officially, I'm not sure we have enough time to be able to get it done the right way. So you know, official rollouts probably going to be more, you know, after. Uh, PCA, but definitely by the end of the year. You know, I, I, I like hearing that, you know, care. I'm, I'm sure you as a cigar smoker, you appreciate that. You know, there are so yeah. many people out there that it's so close to PCA, you know, like they, they would probably push it. But, uh, but I, I love hearing that it's just, it's going to be ready when it's ready. That's yeah. it. No, yeah. I, yeah I think at the end of the day, that's all you got. Can't rush it. You know, yep. and, and I know Chris was talking to him about faded. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, until you know he feels it in his gut and 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 and, and on the palate, then it'll go. Yep. Now, um, very true. Very true. You're you're making cigars for for uh, uh, for 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 other manufacturers. Are are you getting to the point to where there are so many manufacturers now? You know, like like uh, uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, Aganorsa. Um, they're everybody's like cutting people off. Like we just, we can't do it. Are you getting close to that point to where it's like, you know, I just can't take on another project. It's just too much at this point. Or do you guys with the new, with the I new, new factory. They were... Oh, are you back? <laughs> I think they turned the, uh, they turned the uh, internet off there? in Honduras at uh, okay. seven o'clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're back. Yeah, yeah. Nick Roth, they turned the internet off there. So, uh, so you're about to say? Well, he's in Honduras. 
They're Honduras. Yeah. Sorry, we had to correct both of you. Yes. Did I say Nicaragua? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought I meant. I thought I said Honduras. Nope. What can I say? I think Chris, oh. is, Chris is ready to say that Care uh, is such an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, uh, really love working with him. He's uh, super smart, very talented, and a handsome young man. Yes. So I, that, I, that would I, be mine. I yeah. Know. Chris actually sent me his notes. That's actually what's in the notes. Is it? So, See, I, yeah, I, I figured yeah. that. You know, it's 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 just the way it goes. But uh, you know, he well, I'll, I'll you know, he and I were talking about faded uh, just the other day. Yeah, and um, you know, and I gave him my feedback, and I told him what your feedback was. So, um, <clears throat> and he's like, I, I don't know, it's just not, it's just not ready. It's just not ready. He's like, it's, I want and he was talking to me about it, and I was like, I think it's a great blend. It really, it's got some, some incredible transitions. It's something that's not going to blow your palate out, but it has so much great flavor to it, and you could just tell, like he was talking earlier. It's like he's if. And they're like, it's your blend, man. If it doesn't make you happy, yeah. you're the one who's got to roll with it. It doesn't matter if 10 people say it's great. If you don't think it's great or if you don't think it's reached its potential yet, then you have to make the informed, you know, you got to make the decision. That, 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 that's it. You know, it's a, um, so, so many people will, well, they'll, they'll rush it to an event like TPE or PCA. Um, and then I, I forget who it was. The just uh, yesterday, Sunday had, had made a, uh, um, God, it was they reached out to a manufacturer that sold him cigars at last year's PCA, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he was asking if he still wanted them, you know, because like I said they were just a little a little young. So are you back? Yeah, I had to move closer to my router, I guess. But yeah, just to, to answer your question, no, we're, we're not at capacity yet. I, I enjoy working with brands like Care, Cleaning House and Ron Brown Cigars and other guys as well. So one of, one of the things I always told Enoch is like, look, I mean, I understand we got to take large projects with larger customers in order to help offset some bills, but we want to stay true to our roots. And the biggest thing is consistent quality without cutting corners. We're not about quantity. So as many uh, cigar, uh, smaller brands that we can work with, that's exactly our wheelhouse that we, that we specialize in. And we haven't yet hit that cap capacity so we can still take on some more projects if we wanted to that's good someone wants to delve into chris's uh blend book that uh, is getting thicker by the day uh, <laughs> so, so chris so chris you say that there's room for a five a rapper barber pole <laughs> yeah, yeah uh gordo slash lancero by half box press yeah, yeah. I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if somebody wants to pay for the molds, you know that there, there's, there's definitely a chance. So, Get whittling, Jess. That, that's it. So <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. So so yeah yeah Jess is like you know yeah. So uh, we're we're at the two hour mark, Chris. We want to thank you for coming on, spending a couple hours of your Monday with us. Especially you're, you're on vacation, doing some uh some scuba diving. So thank you for taking some uh, some time out of your day. Hope, you know, I know it's still a little early over there, but I'm sure you want to get to bed early. Not too so bad. Can... Only two hours later. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not no, too bad. Time. I mean, this was. I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to have me under there. Oh, we definitely appreciate you uh, um, uh, coming on. Care anything that you'd like to leave our guest with tonight? No, I mean, I you know, 
everybody knows and and since we've joined the factory you know chris has spoken about enoch and he's just been a great great resource the folks at the factory are fantastic and you know one of the, the first time chris and i talk um i think we talked for over an hour and we didn't talk cigars yeah yeah uh, yeah and, and i mean we just talked about everything a lot of commonality and and i can tell you through uh, a couple shipments several different uh um our core blends and several different vitolas and, and communication you know the factory's been fantastic uh the, the 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 quality is 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 the best it's ever been for our products and you know chris is uh he's very he said it earlier he's very passionate and very involved and he's a man of his word and and i appreciate that the most out of anything um whatever would happen tomorrow is that uh you know he he says what he means and he means what he says and um and that's really when you're in this world of trying to start your own brand i've seen somebody posting these different uh memes of you know you know me i have my own cigar brand and then it shows like a cigar with like you know you know, short filler tobacco because, you know, trying to indicate that anybody's just getting a cigar and throwing it out there and putting a, putting a band on it. You know, we never wanted to do that. And, and, and there are a lot of folks out there that could do that to you and to work with a factory uh, the size of Chris's and to have that type of one-on-one connection and, um, and service is really appreciative. And we've been really blessed to, to work with, with him in a factory. So, um, you know, thanks for coming on and sharing, uh, you know, your story with us. Thank you for sharing all the information about the factory. And I think there's really great things to come in the future with your factory, especially what you're doing with, with grown and tobacco and you're doing it the right way and you're doing it the honest way. And, and that's all you can ask for. That's the best that we can do. I mean, when it comes down to a brand, what we consider one thing I, I liked about care, we're, we're pretty, I won't say that we're selective with who we work with. But it definitely helps amongst the brands that we work with when they have their vision. We're just, you know, we're just the brush that that vision gets painted with. We're, you know, that that's how we look at it. But we put as much passion into your product as we do into our own. So, and that's why I really enjoyed the process when we were starting to dialogue with uh, Stogie Road and and what they wanted to do. And we're just happy, very appreciative to be along for that ride. So right on, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. And hopefully we'll have you on um, again and talk about some new for projects. Sure. Be safe diving. Yeah, be safe <laughs> diving. Yes. Come come back. Just just come back. I'll if, any, I'll, I'll if, if anybody looks like Kevin, don't. <laughs> Don't scuba dive. Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, just just come back. No, no. So, Enoch's with me, so he's a bigger target. I was going to say, push yeah, Enoch yeah. in the in the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's it. <laughs> As always, make sure you're following Cigar Prop, producer Jessica, Care Viajante of Stogie Road Cigars on all the social medias, as long as Chris Weber of Veritas Cigars. They're all in the links below. Once again, we want to thank um, all of our sponsors, our partners for making this show happen each and every week. Thank you for sticking with us, you know, even with all the the uncertainty in the social media world. Um, We definitely uh, appreciate everything that uh, they do for us. So thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amandola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Excelsior Tobaccos, makers of the Doña Lydia, GTO Cigars, those who know smoke GTO Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. Caraviajante, sign us out. Well, 
another announcement in the next in the upcoming weeks we're gonna have to get together and um have our announcement of who is the what which silent green was the winner yes david skelton texas cigar roadshow just reached out to me today said you hey did, did I miss the announcement? <laughs> no, you did not. We have to give everybody time to 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 participate because we did sell up until last week. Um, so there's going to be more to come with that. And, um, you know, life is short. Grab a buddy and smoke a cigar. <laughs>